Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. I'll introduce myself. My name is Steph. I am a ministry trainee here at St. Matt's, and I'll be bringing you some notices tonight. So, As Sophie mentioned, we're starting our new series in Luke called That's My King and there'll be booklets in the foyer available um, for you to grab. To start off our new series, we're going to watch a quick video (laughs) um, on Luke. Um, So, Tim, if you could play that video. The Bible says my king is a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is right. I wish I could describe him. For yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him.
what an indescribable king we have. Now, as part of our new series, we will be doing our Bible reading a little differently to normal. The Gospels were written as narratives, full of recounting real people, real stories and real life events. So it is our hope that through the narrative style readings that we are going to be doing throughout this series, that it will bring the Gospel of Luke to life. So as I invite the readers to come up, please join me in prayer as we open God's word together. Thank you, Father, for making yourself known to us and showing us the way of salvation through faith in your Son. Teach us through your word and equip us for every good work for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The reading comes from Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God... Tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Thank you all. Let me pray. Father, as we turn to one of the most important passages in the Bible, we ask that you might speak to us by your Holy Spirit, help us to understand it and to put it into practice. For we ask in Christ's name. Amen. A psychiatrist was talking to his patient and said to him, at last, after 18 months, I believe that we have cured you of kleptomania. I believe that whenever you go into a department store now, you won't steal from it. However, if you do yield to temptation, I need a new toaster. Temptation. Every person who has walked this earth has been tempted. Sometimes when I preach, I wonder about the relevance of a passage, but tonight it's not an issue. This passage of the Bible applies to every single one of us here. And as I've mentioned, I believe that it is one of the most important passages in the whole Bible. It shows us some of the temptations that Jesus incurred, but 
it also has relevance to us in regards to our eternal destiny. The first thing I want to do is to answer the question of was Jesus really tempted? We may wonder at that because we place an emphasis on Jesus as God, rightly so. And sometimes we skip over the fact, except probably at Christmas, that Jesus was a man. And so we might ask, was he really tempted? Secondly, if we think that he might be tempted, we might think, well, these temptations are really small bickies to Jesus. Things which he could sort of brush off and say, nah, no worries here. So, was he really tempted? What does the Bible say to us? In Matthew chapter 6 and verses 25 to 34, a passage that many of us will turn to when we are worried about things or or wondering about the character of God, it says these words at the end of the passage in verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus gave these words to his disciples. We don't know exactly when, and we don't exactly know why, but he did. And they might have wondered, well, it's all right for him to talk about seeking first the kingdom of God because it's not a problem for him. After all, he is God. After all, he doesn't know what temptation is about. He doesn't go through the things that we go through. But Jesus, for some reason, told his disciples about this passage that we've had read for us this evening. It occurs also in Matthew's Gospel and here it occurs in Luke's Gospel. And so, yes, Jesus is a man. Why? Well, if you look back, what do we find in chapter 3? It looks like Luke sat down with his computer and went to Ancestry.com and found Jesus' tree of human beings. Is it a coincidence that the temptation comes just after Luke puts this bit in? Surely Luke is doing something here. He is saying to us, yes, Jesus is God, but also he's a human being. And furthermore, in Hebrews chapter 4, we are told these words, For we do not have a high priest, meaning Jesus, who is unable to, who is unable to sympathise with our weakness, but we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are. Jesus as a child, as a teenager, as an adult, 
was tempted. Just as we have small and large temptations, Jesus was tempted. And these temptations of Jesus as a man raise, raises important questions for us. The backstory here is important. Can Christ save sinners? Can he save us from hell? Can he overcome this curse of sin which took place when Satan tempted Adam and Eve? Can Jesus triumph in the desert where God's people, the Israelites, failed? Now, we know the answer because, well, we sung about it at the beginning of the service. We sung about our mighty God. We sung about resurrection. But if we didn't know that, if we weren't looking at the end, we ought to be sitting on the edge of our chairs wondering what is going to happen to us. What is going to happen to Jesus Christ? For if he fails, his death on the cross is not acceptable to God because it would not have been a perfect offering. So we are told in verse 1 that Jesus is led by the Spirit out into the wilderness. And a second question for us then, having looked and seen what the Bible tells us about Jesus, that he is God, he is also man. What is the backstory? In chapter 3, in verses 21 to 23, Jesus is baptised and at his baptism something is said that has never been said about anybody else or will never be said about anybody until he comes again. God speaks and he says, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now, the issue of Jesus being God's son and loved by God is the crux of the matter here. It's important for you to bear that in mind as we look at what happens. So the battle begins. A battle that is unique for none of us, as it says in verse 3, the devil comes and says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Well, none of us will ever be tempted to do that. Nor are we likely to rule kingdoms. Nor will we be tempted to throw ourselves off the, t off the top of a Jerusalem temple and expect a safe landing. However, although we might say these are temptations for God, there are subtle things within it that are important also for us. I'm going to spend more time on the first one than the second and third, just so you know that after I preach for an hour and you think, how long is he going to go on for? No, he's got two more temptations to go. It's not the case. I'll take more time with the first one. Satan starts 
by saying, if you are the Son of God. God has spoken. He has said, this is my beloved Son. And now Satan says, if you are the Son of God. Jesus is being tempted here in the same way that Adam was and Eve were tempted. What does Satan say to Adam and Eve? Did God say? In other words, can you really believe the word of God? Did God say? Jesus, we know, is God's son. Will he trust the Father is the question that is being raised here. Does God love Jesus? Think of where Jesus is. He is driven by the Holy Spirit into a dreadful place in the desert. A difficult situation. You may have been in difficult situations. Could you trust God in them? Jesus is asked within himself this question. Can I trust my heavenly father in this difficult situation? Can you trust him with your family situation? Jesus is asked here, does God really love me? He's put me in this awful spot. Will I continue to believe in him? I can kick stones, as you probably can, but I can't turn them into bread. But I can be tempted to distrust God's love for me. Now, we may think, where is the temptation here? There's nothing wrong with bread. So, what is Satan doing with Jesus? He wants Jesus to act against his father's will. Satan is saying something like this. How can God love you and be your son, your, and you be his son, if you're starving? And Jesus, think back. You know your Old Testament really well. What happened in the Old Testament? The people were in the desert. They were a rotten lot. They complained. They were doubting. They were rebellious. And what happened? God kept feeding them. And you've gone 40 days without anything. Does God really love you? Are you really his son? The Israelites in the desert ended up worshipping an idol. 
they turned away from God. But what we have here is that Jesus says this, it is written that man should not be live by bread alone. He actually reminds Satan that there is more to life than food and drink. And isn't that important for each of us? He says, man shall not live by bread alone. What will he live by? Well, he'll live by a relationship with God in the end. We can have all the bread in the world and still not be happy, still not be right. The psalmist in Psalm 73 and verse 28 says this, But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. It's not bread that keeps us alive. It's our God and our relationship with him. Jesus says, in this awful situation, I will keep believing the word of God. My experience makes me think that I am not a child of God. My experience may make me think that I am not loved, but I will hang in there patiently and faithfully. The second temptation may cause us all sorts of questions. The devil led him to a high place, verse 5 says, and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Now, we could get distracted here and wonder, well, did this really take place? Is it literally so? Did Jesus see it in a vision? Or did Satan have a drone? (laughs) We do not know. But it doesn't matter. You know, often we get sidetracked in the Bible by things that really don't matter. What matters here is that Satan is trying and Jesus from doing what Jesus knows he should do and that is to go to the cross. He really says to Jesus, Look, I'll give you all the kingdoms to give him. You can rule over all the earthly kingdoms. Now, it's not Satan's to give him, and that's one of the tricks he uses with us too. You know, is it better to do this and go against what the Bible says? Is it better to do that? But here we have Satan saying, you don't have to suffer. You do not have to go to the cross. Do it my way. We sometimes think that sin is better than God's way. But if we are God's people, we know that there will be suffering. Jesus again quotes scripture. This time, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13. Jesus answered, 
it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. To put it in earthly language, what really is taking place here is that Satan is saying, don't be loyal anymore. Give up on your father. He doesn't care. You can disobey. Sometimes hits us, doesn't it? You see, it's not always the big temptations. There are little temptations for us to move away from God and to move away from the word of God. Sometimes when I come here to preach, I'm a little bit anxious because my language isn't your language to some extent. I struggle sometimes to think, what actually do they mean? No, well, I have to catch up in staff meetings sometimes when you've got all these young people there and they talk and I think, yes, that's right, now that I've sort of interpreted it into my language. And you see, the thing that stops me in my tracks when I begin to get anxious like that is to say, what am I doing up here? I'm telling people God's word. It doesn't matter if it's in a language that their grandparents or their great-grandparents use. It is the word of God in the end. And you see, our temptations can be really subtle like that. And maybe you need to think, where are the little temptations that come upon you to be disloyal to what the scriptures say to you. To not forgive someone. To not be compassionate. To not speak the truth in love. You see, they're all the little things that can get the better of us. And so, first of all, Jesus deals with the issue of love and being the Son of God. Secondly, he remains loyal. Thirdly, the third one is spectacular. The devil led him to Jerusalem, verse 9 says, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. What a spectacular thing it would be. Jesus goes up 440 metres and throws himself off the top of the temple and just before he's about to hit the ground, God intervenes and he lands safely. Just think of what the world would have thought. And how does Jesus respond? Again, with the word of God. Verse 12. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus chooses not to test God, but rather he quotes Deuteronomy 6.16, which reminds us we must not put God to the test. We must not walk into temptation and expect God to pull us out. 
That is dishonouring God and it presumes on his grace. So they are the three temptations. The backstory is this. While the Israelites were held in the desert, Jesus triumphed. Yes, he will be tempted again. On the cross he is tempted to save himself. They say to him, he saved others but he can't save himself. If he's really God, he'll come down. But the way of salvation for us is suffering of Christ and the way of salvation for us is that we too may suffer. Christ's temptations were unique. But we can draw things out of them. For we are tempted to distrust the word of God, to distrust the power of God. We are tempted not to believe that God loves us when things go badly wrong. We forget that he is working out his plan for our lives. In 1 Corinthians... Chapter 10 and verse 13, these words are written. No temptation has seized you except what is common to all people. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way so that you can stand up under it. The Bible gives us a number of directions as how to overcome temptation. I want to briefly share three that come from this passage. When you are being tempted not to trust God, you need to say to yourself words from the Bible. That's what Jesus does here. For example, 1 John 4.16 says, God is love. Not that he is just loving, but his whole being is love. And our circumstances may make us wonder whether he is and what we have to do is to do what Jesus did and say, I will hang on to the fact that God loves me, that he sent his son to die for me. He did not spare his own son but gave him up for me, as it says in Romans chapter 8. Secondly, identity is important. We need to remind ourselves that we are God's children and not children of Satan. And therefore we need to be obedient to him. And so the question should come to our mind, who will I be loyal to? Satan or God? Thirdly, we must not be idiots. We must not place ourselves in the way of temptation, rather we should flee from it. A friend of mine was in the army and he was known as a Christian and he went to a party, an army party. I'll leave it to your imagination as to what goes on. While he was there, in a group of people, a girl propositioned him and he said no. But he did another thing. Everybody saw it happen. Everybody heard it. He left the party. And as he was going out down the front door, a number of other people who were at the party 
started to yell out, Chicken! Chicken! In other words, coward. We must flee from temptation. As I said at the beginning of this sermon, this is one of the most important passages of the New Testament. If Christ failed, you have wasted your time sitting here and you have wasted your time following Jesus. For his sacrifice on the cross would not have been a full sacrifice. But Christ persevered and he won the victory. Be encouraged, my friends. Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. And his Holy Spirit that helped him cope in the desert against these temptations are also with us. Flee from temptation. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us insight into this most important event in Christ's life. If Jesus had failed, his sacrifice on the cross would have been useless for you required a perfect sacrifice. Help us not to move away from the word of God. May we patiently trust you. May we grow in our commitment to be obedient to your word for the sake of him who endured temptation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.